0: Hello, everyone, and welcome on into another episode of Betting the Highline on the Book It Sports Network. I'm Thomas Viola, joined as always by Taylor Wilson on your number one soccer betting destination podcast, where neither host can be proven to be wearing pants.
1: Taylor, how are you doing today? You cannot prove it, and thank God. Uh, I'm doing well, Tom. Mixed bag of results, I'd say. We're going to get into it. Um, you know, I, In my case, moving kind of in the right direction with the big endorsements. But as far as the overall action, uh, pretty messy week, at least in the Champions League, a little bit better in England. Um, but we'll get into all of it. Uh, you know, Definitely a mixed bag, I would say.
0: No question. Mixed bag is right. It was a rough weekend for me. I feel like every bet I made just went the wrong way. Everything You know, you have some of those weekends, though, where it just doesn't break your way. I know my best bets that I gave out last week did not pan out. for It truly was not my best bets I could have given because I ended up going 0 for 3 with one slight asterisk. Uh, Leipzig versus – I'm sorry, not Leipzig. Lazio versus Club Bruges. We talked about on the show last week as a plus 130. Lazio with plus 133 seemed like a good price. We like that. Now, the game finished at a draw, but the number swung wildly all the way to the point where we were getting Lazio 3-1 to one before, uh, before the match, which was yesterday, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. The match was on Wednesday. Um, yes. And we were Full both like, why? We are, uh, yeah.
0: We are recording on Thursday. Show goes up on Fridays.
1: And we were just scratching our heads like, why is the number what it is?
0: Yeah. And, and then, sure then we enough, found out. <laughs> 16 players tested positive for coronavirus. They don't travel. Lazio fields a 12-man team and still manages to pull out a draw, which is frankly impressive. And now I'm starting to think this is a team that you might want to watch out for in the Champions League, but we'll get to the futures market later on. We have a lot to cover today. Full Premier League slate for the week. We can talk some Champions League, and we want to dive in to some of the adjusted futures markets now that we're a couple weeks into both seasons. But – Let's start out, Taylor, talking about the rest of our best bets from the week. How did, your, how, did, how did things play out for you?
1: So all three of my best bets were in the English Premier League over the weekend, and possibly my bestest of the best bets, if you will, was this Manchester United-Chelsea game. I took the over three, and what a terrible, terrible miss it was. Now, full disclosure, this is one of those where I did kind of have a little bit of a um, you know, a pump fake Right before I locked it in on Saturday when I saw the lineups because Chelsea was going with a back five in this game and it was pretty clear immediately like, oh, wow, you know, Chelsea's coming off of a clean sheet. Maybe Frank Lampard wants to continue to make this a trend and go defensive again. But you know what I said in the interest of the show, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with my guns. I did. And uh, this game finished nil-nil, Tom. Not exactly a uh, four-five, six-goal thriller that I sort of thought it would be. Both managers seemed pretty content to just sort of let the other team feel themselves out and uh, play out the clock to a nil-nil draw. Chelsea would have won this game, presumably, if a penalty shout went their way. A decision did not go to VAR when Harry Maguire basically just pulled Cesar Azpilicueta's nipples down to the ground, brought him to the the floor in the box, didn't even go to VAR. Everything goes to VAR now. That decision somehow didn't. Um, And it was was
0: clear, like he had him in a headlock.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was insane. Absolutely insane. Just hands wrapped around him um, nine times out of ten, maybe even ten times out of ten, that's a pen. It wasn't this case. And perhaps the game completely changes. If that penalty is given, maybe United then has to attack, and maybe I do get a push or something in that area. Um, but ultimately, yeah, Lampard really wanted the draw. It seems like Solskjaer thought that a loss would be worse than a win would be good for him, and he just played out the draw as well, um, and this is one of those where I just have to throw my hands up and say I completely missed it.
0: Well, I mean, Lord knows I had some complete misses. I thought Aston Villa was going to be able to keep their run of form against Leeds, and woof, they did not. Leeds, the plus 210 dog, takes the, takes the win 3-1, I believe. 3-0, 3-0, even yeah. worse. Villa, is this where Villa falls apart and starts regressing towards the mean that we knew they
1: would eventually? Maybe. I The thing with Villa is I still like them like on an individual player-to-player basis, which is crazy because I would have said the exact opposite last season. I still like a lot of the moves that they made bringing in. This game was a case of, I think, just being outmanaged, to be honest. Like, it seemed like they didn't know sort of which way to play this game. When they did go forward, they were completely exposed by Leeds on the break. And this Leeds counter is absolutely astonishing. It kind of remind me of some of these wolf sequences last year where they're just hitting 50-yard passes to each other with ease. Um, and then Patrick Bamford getting the hat trick. He could have scored like five or six goals in this game. Um, I, I I lean more about, like, positives for Leeds in this game than I do negatives for Villa. Obviously, Aston Villa is not the team that they were winning their first four games of the season. But I don't think they're as bad as a 3-0 result here against a newly promoted either. I think Leeds just came to play, got the tactics right, and hit their chances. Um, but I was with you. I mean, I, I, I thought that was an interesting one. Um, that was that Friday game, which we have another Friday game this week. And, uh, you know, I <sighs> – I was excited for it. I thought it was one of the fixtures of the weekend, like just in terms of entertainment, and it was pretty fun to watch. But ultimately, man, Leeds, they're pretty damn good.
0: They really are. They're this year's Sheffield, and Sheffield, of course, we know is going to be fighting for relegation again this season. But Leeds is very much taking up that mantle as the newly promoted team that says, hey, we we can stick around here. We can make a push for a top top half of the table finish.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, my next uh best bet going into that uh Southampton Everton game, your beloved Toffees. Um I like Southampton on the money line at +170 when we talked about this game last week. Now, the caveat to this is I didn't think James would play. He ended up playing wasn't fully fit but still might have been one of the better players on the pitch. Clearly wasn't the same James that we've seen in earlier games this season. And I just really like what's happening with Southampton so far in the last kind of month since the international break. Um, They ended up winning this game 2-0, and once they got that first goal, you really felt like they were imposing their will in midfield. Good defensive team, ended up closing it out without any issues, and this was also one where I just saw plus 170 as decent value on a team that I thought would win the game. So was able to hit that one, Southampton beating Everton.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a blip on the radar for Everton. I think that they're going to continue this ascent that they've had this season, obviously tied with Liverpool at the top of the league. Not something we thought we'd be saying at this point in the season. But while well, I don't think that they're – they're, they're eventually going to fade down and hopefully compete for a top six spot. I don't think they're so much competing for the league title. But I think that this Everton team still has the capability to be pretty good and they're going to they're gonna rest up. And I think the big thing will be Hamas getting fully healthy and I think that'll help him out in the
1: future. I'd like to see with Everton too. I mean, we talked about just how hot DCL Dominic Calvert-Lewin was to start Mm -hmm. the season. Um, that, I mean, naturally, he's going to regress and, and is regressing. Um, now, he still might be one of the best players in the league. He still might be a golden boot contender, a player of the year contender, but it's just impossible to keep at the rate that he was at earlier in the year. It would be nice to see another guy step up as a regular goal scorer. James obviously can score, but he has so many different responsibilities in midfield, playmaking. Um, it would be nice to see another guy kind of focus on the scoring to help out uh, DCL to take that edge off.
0: I agree, and that guy that has to step up is Richarlson. He has, to, he has to start playing up to the caliber that he was able to get to last season. The man can score goals, but he needs to start doing that and providing that second attacking option, I think.
1: Absolutely. So my other one, I actually had, a, as I said, a decent weekend in England. Thankfully, I put the asterisk for best bets in the English bets because some of my Champions League moves were terrible. But this under two-and-a-quarter quarter ball move – in Wolves, Newcastle, I talked about a couple of teams that really didn't like to have a whole lot of the ball, to counterattacking teams, to teams that uh, more often than not have less than 50% possession. Usually when I see that trend, I try to take the under if the number is there. And this was a small number, but sometimes you got to play the matchup instead of the number. Don't be scared off just because the books have nailed it more or less. In this case, uh, I was able to push half of this. Uh, and win the other side on the under two under two and a half wolves had the one nil lead late if you were watching this game an hour in, 65 minutes and 70 minutes and you would have said that the under two and a quarter was a lock to get both bets unfortunately newcastle got an equalizer very late and uh, ended up pushing half of that bet but i'm counting this as a win tom because i end up in the net green and uh, sometimes it's all you can ask for in these quarter balls
0: yeah when you're getting a win you're getting a win now How about for some people that may be tuning in, not quite familiar, because quarter ball, not really something you see, especially here in Vegas. How about you give a little bit of a rundown on exactly
1: what that means? Yeah, so in this case, as I said, 2.25, right? So two and a quarter. That means that you're betting two different bets. In this case, it's under two and under two and a half. So under two, meaning, of course, you need one goal or less uh, on the total to get that win. Two and a half, meaning you need two goals or less to get that win. And ultimately one side in this case could push and the other side can win. Um, And you're giving yourself the opportunity, especially on a lot of these totals um, to, and I like it especially as an underplay more often than not Tom, where you're giving yourself the opportunity to, um, you know, if something goes wrong late, like this is a great example, something went wrong late, this was the right play. I felt confident about this play last week. I felt confident about this play during the game. And ultimately Newcastle just got kind of a free goal at the end and screwed up one half of that. So if I had taken just under two, I would have had a push, but I'm here pairing it with another side of the bet, um, and I'm able to get a little bit of that value back. So it's basically winning half of the bet. Uh, I don't end up doubling what I wagered, but I end up getting half of that money back and and ending up in the net green.
0: All right. My third and final best bet of the week that ended terribly brings me to a very heated subject here. Uh Uh-oh. I had Barcelona versus Madrid in the Clásico. Madrid comes out and stomps Barcelona. This is a team that looked like absolute crap in the midweek, this Madrid team. They looked atrocious. They have not played well in La Liga so far this season. Completely. Barcelona is the side you want to go with here. Yes, they've had all of the drama. Yes, it's been absolutely insane. But they have the young guns playing alongside Messi, who have been absolutely killing it. We saw them kill it in the Champions League that week. Of course, you're getting plus 105 with Barca. You're getting some plus money. You're getting a tiny bit bit of juice in your favor. And Madrid comes out and wins that game in the fashion they did. They looked fantastic versus Barcelona they absolutely controlled the game they were VT the they, they were no question the right side the whole way through and at that point all you can do is you can go okay I mean this is what it is they get a 3-1 victory here and you're just you know again it's one of those bets where you're on the wrong side of it because you just you didn't expect it's it's the Darby and you got to throw everything out right well,
1: I, yeah,
0: th- that caused, yeah, I'm not done. I'm not done. <laughs> because then that caused me to go in the midweek and say, well, Munchen Gladback is not as good as the Real Madrid team that I just saw with my own two eyes defeat a very good Barca team. So I'm going to take Real Madrid in the Champions League. And then they come out and look absolutely terrible, terrible, Taylor. They were ju- – night and day compared to their La Liga game. All this makes me think. That be, yes, they get the draw because they get two stoppage time goals because they're Real Madrid, and of course they do that. There's nothing – of course. But, oh, wow, can you bet on either one of these teams in the ch- – it seems like Barcelona is doing terribly in La Liga and Madrid is only doing well in La Liga. And I think that might be the balance that we're going to have. But at this point, I'm not entirely worried about Madrid making it out of the group, but I am, there's no way I'm confident with them in the round of 16.
1: I um well imagine me first of all Tom I didn't really want anything to do with Classico and then we sit here on the pod last week and you sort of talked me into it and by the way I think it was the right bet like you get plus money on Barcelona in that game at the time it seemed like the sensible thing to do now Real Madrid got a little bit of help from a penalty in 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 the Classico but they were the better team they were going to win that that game regardless I think and um yeah I I also <laughs> followed up with a Real Madrid wager in the Champions League because it seemed too good. Now it was a minus bet. I think I laid like minus 120. Um but it just seemed like the move because this is Real yeah. Madrid. You know, I mean they're they're starting to get a little bit healthier. The argument for Real Madrid, I mean this inevitably is going to be what Galactico fans say here as they've had uh, two just atrocious Champions League results with a classico win sandwich in between. So it's like, you know, the good comes with the bad. Um is can a fully fit Eden Hazard eventually get back to, to Chelsea standards? We haven't really seen that. Can he that get at, fully fit? Can he get fully fit? And we haven't even seen that when he's been on the pitch with Real at all since he arrived at Real Madrid years ago. So, um, I, you know, if that is your hope for everything, you know, and, and by the way, like there's there was a clip that came out of Kareem Benzema basically telling – I can't remember who it was. I don't know if you saw this, but he told one of his um, – midfielders, like not to pass the ball to, to someone else. It's like the whole situation at Real. We thought Barcelona was cancerous behind the scenes. It, the yeah. same stuff is happening at Real Madrid right now. And this is the case with Spanish giants. Always, if things aren't going perfectly, you know, everyone gets unhappy. Everyone's miserable and the bottom can kind of fall out r- really quickly. Now, as far as them advancing, and we're going to get a little bit deeper into champions league. I don't know um, because they still have both of their inter games left. So the question is, like, you know, I, I think they probably have to win at least one of those games. And right now it doesn't seem like they're a better team than Inter. Even though Inter has slipped up as well, they've at least looked better, I think, than Real um, and are playing well domestically too. So uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of in the mode of no one's good except for Bayern Munich and Europe right now. I think I,
0: I can kind of feel that. But right now, by the way, Inter plus 185 to win that group you, on DraftKings, you've got to take that, don't you?
1: I think so. I think so. Because if you look at those Inter games, people are going to say, oh, well, they dropped points in both of them. Um, they completely should have won both. you know." And now now that's an indictment on Inter as well for not finishing out the games. But um, I, I just saw a lot more positivity. I, I like what Inter is doing in a creative sense going forward. Um, there are some defensive question marks, and it wouldn't shock me to see them slip up again. But I the whole. I look at Real, and I'm like, I don't know what, who they are. I have no idea who they are. We've seen past Real Madrid teams, and we know who they are. This team, I don't know who the talisman is. I don't know what their route is to win each game. They find ways to kind of crawl back in, um, but they're not getting the results. And, yeah, I like Inter a lot more. I would take that with that kind of value, absolutely right now.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, this is by far and away the most interesting group to – A, watch, and B, bet on Group B in the Champions League because all four of the teams are surprising so far in different ways. Inter maybe the one performing most to expectations where we thought they'd have a shot to win the group, but now they seem to be in a decent position to do so if they can really come together. Real, a team that we thought was going to win the group for sure, and now all of a sudden doesn't look that great. And then both Gladbach and Shakhtar all of a sudden looking like teams that can hang around in this group too. I think that this one's going to go right down to the final day.
1: Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, Shakhtar leading after the first couple uh, match days is absolutely astonishing. I mean, we've, it seems like we've, we've had a, a lot more Shakhtar talk here in the first few pods than we expected, but yeah. this is a team that often kind of has one surprising result in Europe. We'll see if they can kind of make this a six game sample size and find their way out of the group. Um, but yeah, you know, what also makes this interesting is Inter and Real taking on each other in that next, uh, game next week in the champions league. So that'll be a huge one as far as both of those teams are concerned, uh, getting out of the group.
0: Yeah. That's going to be a must watch game, like both just from an impartial soccer side and from a gambling side. There's a lot to look at there.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Before we go into the full futures conversation, let's dive into the entire Premier League slate this weekend. Not a lot of headlines. It's kind of a lackluster slate, but there are a couple good games. One of them probably not so good, Wolves versus Crystal Palace. Do you have anything here?
1: Uh, Yeah, this is a slate across the board that not only from a betting angle is not great, but also just from an entertainment angle is not the best. Um, but I think there are two games that I am looking forward to watching. This, as you say, not gonna be one of them. I do, this isn't gonna be one of my best bets. I I wouldn't even like scream from the mountaintop that you should take this. I do like Wolves on the money line. Um, I've been kind of a Palace hater since the preseason. I've been a Wolves lover since last year. Wolves three games unbeaten. Got really unlucky, as I mentioned in that under bet I made not to win last week. There were 16 to five on shots. Um, Palace fifth in the league and expected goals allowed. Uh, also the lowest average possession per game in the Premier League at 32.5%. This is not a team that imposes their will on games at all, meaning that, hey, Wolves, kind of the same boat. They're at below 50% as well. So maybe you think about the under. The problem with the under, Tom, is the books have figured this one out at two flat is where you're getting the best price. And under two Ooh, it's the play that I would do if I'm taking, if you're saying I have to take the under or the over, but that is a scary move. You're just one bad VAR decision away from that really going south in a hurry. So I'm going to lean Wolves really more than anything. I kind of like the post-flop live moves in this game, taking a look at maybe a Wolves exacta one 0 if they're able to go up early, um, because I want to avoid, especially in this VAR era, I want to avoid any kind of a disaster with that. So that's probably where I lean. If you're going to go pre-flop, I lean Wolves with just a little bit of juice, but far from my favorite play of the week.
0: Yeah, I think I have to agree with you there. I mean, it's a game where I believe that Wolves can win. Both teams, not in the best form, not the worst. It's literally a battle of eight versus nine you look at looking at the stats to try and give us a, an idea of how many goals these teams are letting in out of their last four games, wolves the highest total that we've had is two with Wolves versus Newcastle where they finished one, one, and then they beat Fulham one, nothing. This isn't a team that puts up a lot of goals, but then when they play a really great team, like a Manchester city, that game finishes three, one, and that you really do have to toss that out, though, because it's City. It, 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 far cry from Crystal Palace here. And then they lost 0-1 to Stoke. Like, you can't do it on a cold, rainy night in Stoke. I think the under would be the play here, but you're right. You're laying the minus two juice, and that's tough. Woodshade Wolves here. The problem is I don't really want to watch this game to bet it in game.
1: I feel you want 100% on that. Um, I'm a psychopath, so I'll probably have it on as I'm kind of doing other stuff. And if I see wolves are up, uh, I don't know, the 50 minute mark, maybe I'll see where the price is at and maybe try to take them on a one mil exacta. Um, But yeah, I mean, look, I, I made a ton of money on Wolves and Burnley Unders last year. Like, both of those teams were very profitable for me, especially after the restart. It seems like the books were also often offering, like, two and a quarter, sometimes two and a half. Even on the two, I hit a lot of under twos, which is the case here. Um, it's just a scary move, man. You got to, like, really believe that this is going to be a miserable game of soccer to bet the under two pre pre-flop.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. All right. Another game that's scary, but you're going to want to bet if the number here is going to be the over, but, oh, man, it's a one-way game. Sheffield versus Man City.
1: I completely disagree, actually, Tom. My play on this game is the under three and a quarter is where you're getting a close to even price on that, so under three, under three and a half Here's the case. So last year, you look at the couple of games these teams have had. Obviously, they're slightly different. But honestly, similar starting 11s of these teams are trotting out this year. Last year, City won one of them 1-0. They won the other 2-0. I just don't think Sheffield is going to hurt you on this if you take the under. Now, if your worry is that City puts four or five past them, yeah, it's possible. But I like a bet that gives me even a 3-0 City win um, in the green on that quarter ball bet. City, their last four Premier League matches, Tom, would hit on the under on this. Sheffield, every one of their six Prem matches this season would also hit on the under. So, yeah, it's possible that I'm saying all that, and this ends up being the game where that falls apart. City have looked really good in the Champions League. have looked less good domestically. They're still slipping up. You think about that West Ham game last week. Um, No Aguero, probably no Gabriel Jesus either for Man City in this game. I know I kind of teased injury um, predictions last week and it didn't really work out, although the bet did work out. Um, but I just think that's a huge number that probably in, an, in another year that didn't see all this high scoring early in the season would be a little bit lower. And in that case, it would be a complete no touch for me on this game. It's a big total number. I'm going to take the under.
0: Yeah, I have to like that. I was looking at the over two and a half line that DraftKings has, not the under three and a half. And you're completely right. You're getting the better number there. And oh, man, it's weird seeing City all the way down in 13th. Of course, this is all still the early season before the groups really shake out. But yeah, I I think that's the way to go. I can't interest you in eight to one
1: on Sheffield to win the game. No, not at all. Not at all. Run away from that. Uh, I, I, I think um, it's going to be a slow. Better off buying season. a lottery ticket. Amen to that. I don't know if Sheffield United survives the prem. I think there's enough trash at the bottom where they might, um, but this is not the 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 blades of last season. Teams have figured them out. The talent just isn't there. They've also lost. Their stud goalkeeper, Dean Henderson, who's just riding the bench at Manchester United. Um, they're still a decent defensive team. I think they're probably one of the 10 best defensive teams in the league, but they have nothing going forward. Um, so, yeah, th- this will probably be another gross game to watch, to be honest. I know any any game that has De Bruyne isn't that gross to watch because he has a moment of brilliance anytime he's on the pitch. But, um, yeah, I, I I'm going under mainly because of Sheffield United. I like that
0: play a whole lot. I'm probably going to tell you on that one once we get off to start those games. Next one up, not much better though. Burnley versus Chelsea. Uh,
1: I constantly, this has become a theme for me, just constantly railing against the uh, minus one plays as kind of a like, oh, well, I could get the push. Well, why do you want to push? You want to win it. And yet, I say that every week and I'm taking the minus one here with Chelsea, laying a little bit of juice on the minus 120 with them. Again, not one of my favorite bets of the week. But I think Chelsea is growing into the players that they have now. One of the biggest parts of this that I like is if Hakim Ziek is going to be healthy going forward for Chelsea. He looked awesome in the Krasnodar Champions League game in midweek. Um, I think Burnley is probably the second worst team in the league after Fulham. Also not as good of, of a Burnley team as they've been the last couple of years. Um, second worst in expected goals uh, in the league. Great keeper, great manager considering everything that happens with that team. I mean, they're from a town of 70,000 people. Um, that's the size of Gulfport, Mississippi. So it's still impressive that they've been in the Prem for five years now. But eventually the luck is going to run out. I think it's running out this year. And Chelsea, they're moving in the other direction. You know, that nil-nil at Manchester United, while me as a Chelsea fan I would have loved the win, was a really good result for Chelsea. You know, they would have won that game in all likelihood if they get the penalty shout. And the defense is playing better. The new pieces are coming into the puzzle in a more clean way, thinking about Ziyech, thinking about a healthy Pulisic, um, thinking about Kai Havertz and Timo Werner. Um, I just think that, you know, you can can take Chelsea on the money line if you want, but it's just – I don't even remember what it is. I think it's close to minus 200. You can lay minus 120 to get that push protection. I think they should be able to win by two anyway. Seems like the best bet in this one.
0: I have to agree with you there. They're minus one ninety five on the money line. I like the minus one. And my thing with Chelsea this season was that I thought that it would take them a little bit of time to gel because they brought in so many new transfers. That entire offense is practically new. Yes, you have uh, you have Pulisic coming back, but other than that, look at look at the guys that they brought in, guys like Timo Werner, who I falsely said uh, came from Salzburg last week. I was thinking of Erling Haaland, but. It it really does show that now this team is starting to figure that out and now they're becoming the team I thought they were going to be this season. I knew it would take them a little time to get there, especially because they didn't have a preseason to really gel. And that, that made them one of the teams most affected by the weird start to the season that we've had. And now I think they're a team you can start safely betting on. I love that play and I am going there with you on it. Now. The next game up, geez, they just don't get any better. But this team is one that we really do have to talk about for a lot of reasons. Liverpool-West Ham.
1: Yeah, so Liverpool, right? Like, you're talking about one of the great runs of form. If you look at what Liverpool was doing in the first half of last season, as we've mentioned here on the show, they've been sliding for some time. But now they're kind of starting to put results together. I mean, I look at Liverpool, and, and I said this at the time, too, even directly after the 7-2 loss to Aston Villa, which, yikes. Um, I, I do think they're better than the overreaction of, oh, oh, do, you know, doomsday at Liverpool would have seemed to indicate. Now, having said that, losing a player like Virgil van Dijk for the entire season, uh, thanks to your man, Jordan Pickford, uh, in that game <laughs> um, – is brutal. Like, they were already a team with some defensive question marks. Losing their best defensive player was really rough. They did bring in Thiago in midfield, who can help with some of that. Thiago's had injury problems as well. Um, You know, I, I think Liverpool could still win the title. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say, but in this open year, it is sort of the question of who has the least amount of flaws, right? And Liverpool, they have plenty of them, but maybe not a ton. Now, having said all that, West Ham have been pretty fun to watch starting this year, right? Like they destroyed Wolves 4-0, destroyed Leicester 3-0. Those are teams that you and I like to bet occasionally, um, and they just completely thrashed them. Drew Spurs 3-3, Drew City 1-1. They've had a ton of good results this year. Even the Arsenal game that they lost, they played really well in and should have gotten something out of. Um... I look at the goal line on this and I just think it's too much in the Liverpool direction. I'm taking West Ham plus 1.25. So plus one and plus one and a half um, protecting against, you know, they lose by a goal in this. I'm in good shape to at least come out in the green on one side of that. I'd push on the other. Um, I think West Ham could totally get the draw. If they can draw city, they can draw Spurs. I think they can totally draw this Liverpool team as well. Um, So, you know, it's risky because it wouldn't shock me to see the West Ham floor fall out from under them at some point as well. Um, And Liverpool is still a better soccer team, but I think there's enough there. There's enough of a cushion for me to get something off of West Ham. I completely agree.
0: I look at the draw. I'm certainly not laying even a full unit on it because that's just – this is, this is a flyer bet. You're looking to see what's going to happen. But the big thing, Joe Gomez is the only healthy center back that with senior team experience for Liverpool right now. Fabinho pulled up with a hamstring injury during the Champions League game with Ajax. And, of course, as we said, Van Dijk out for the season. This team is going to have problems back there. They're going to have issues keeping teams out, out, out of the back of the net And I think that's where a team like West Ham could really do some damage, especially because the numbers haven't quite settled now looking at how long Fabinho is going to be out.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Miguel Antonio is one of these guys who very hot and cold, but when he's on, you'll remember he scored four goals in a prem game last year. Um, I don't think he's going to do that here, but anytime there's a team with defensive issues, I kind of like what West Ham can do to exploit those. And yeah, I mean, Allison is going to have to do a ton in goal. I think he's going to be pelted with shots. Um, and again, like I can, if I can lose, if I can see West Ham lose this game by one, I think about the way that Liverpool has been kind of squeaking out some of these wins recently, even if they get a late goal or something and they win the game and I can be safe. I like that considering everything that's happening with this just crazy year of soccer. Um, it just seems like the play.
0: Yeah. I think I have to agree with you on that one. Uh it is always it's, – it's been an unpredictable year, and who knows what we're going to see the rest of the way out. Now, a team that I've really liked up until this point plays a team that you still really like here, Southampton Villa.
1: Yeah, I'm going to keep riding Southampton, get them a decent value again, uh, plus 175 in this. Um, you know, I, Villa, worse than their you know, early start to this season would indicate – uh, probably better than their 3-0 loss to, as I said, a newly promoted side would indicate. But I just think Southampton's pretty good. I think their midfield can impose their will on a lot of midfields in this league. All of that starts and ends with James Ward-Prowse, and they have one of the most underrated goal scorers in all of English soccer in Danny Yings. Um, unbeaten in their last four, won three of them. Really good form and the Southampton team. Villa seems to be maybe trending in the other direction. We'll get a better idea in this game. Of course, it is at Aston Villa we still don't know really what home and away means uh, in this era. And Southampton's a pretty good road team as well. Fifth best expected goal difference on the road last season in the league. So I would think that a Villa park without any fans won't be daunting to them. Good value. I'm taking Southampton money line.
0: I mean, this is probably a stay away game for me, but if anything, you're right, there's value there. And I might follow you on that same play. My problem is just, I I don't know if I'm ready to abandon Villa just yet. I don't know if that Leeds game was the start of the slide or not. So I think I might wait one more week to see how I feel about Aston Villa moving forward because I think that they are still a good team and they could bounce back here. But Southampton, like you said, also playing really well. Going to be a curious one, and I think that's going to be one of the more entertaining games to watch over the course of this week. Now – Newcastle taking on Everton. Everton's a minus 103 favorite. Do you think they bounce back?
1: I think they probably do, but you talk about no touch. This is my one of my bigger no touches of the week. Um, and part of that is I'm still seeing kind of mixed injury reports for Everton. I mean, I don't – maybe you have boots on the ground that can offer us some insight into whether James will play in this one. Apparently, he's questionable. Again, Richarlison, I think, will not play, correct?
0: I believe Richarlison is still suspended, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I – I don't know, man. I mean, th- this feels like one where Newcastle does some annoying stuff and somehow gets the draw. Um, if there was more value, I would take Everton. But minus 103, that's just not a number that excites me in a game that I think I, I really have no read on, to be honest. Um, this is kind of the biggest question mark so far for Everton in a weird way. I know that sounds like an odd thing to say about Newcastle, but like this is the type of game if you are actually going to contend for the top four that you have to not just draw, not just be competitive, not just you know have some positivity in a few different stretches of the game. You have to win this game. Um, so that's the argument. If you really believe in Everton, if you're putting an Everton future, for example, on a top four finish, um, or maybe even taking a flyer on them winning it all, pulling a Lester, I think you have to bet Everton in this game because this is the type of game that you have to win if you're Everton to get that kind of finish. I don't have that same kind of macro Everton belief. I think they're a good team, uh, not a great team. Uh, and there's just not enough value. If this is like plus 150, plus 200, um, yeah, I'll take Everton. But a slight minus bet, no thanks.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. This is a team that still has to prove itself before you can start taking them with those kind of numbers. And the reality of it is, like you said, it's a game that they have to win. It's an important game for proving that you can hang with the big teams because the big teams, they don't sweat these games, and you have to start doing that too. But – a game that the big teams will be sweating. Manchester United plays Arsenal this week in one of the few big six matchups on our slate. United plus 104, Arsenal plus 250. What are you thinking?
1: Well, this week was like the week of me just texting several different, probably like five different people I texted. Manchester United, dot, dot, dot. Good question mark. Like, I don't know. Like, they're getting these Champions League results. They thrashed Leipzig 5-0. They beat PSG the week before. Neither of those results made any sense. Even the nil-nil against Chelsea didn't make much sense. We look back to what Manchester United did against Spurs in that 6-1 game where we all thought that maybe Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could get fired. Maybe this is the end of any kind of positivity that Manchester United got last season. And I'm not even entirely sure what they're doing different. The biggest difference in midfield is they're putting Fred in uh, as their kind of heart of the midfield, defensive midfield player. And he's actually playing pretty well. He's playing better than Matich was, which in a million years, I never would have guessed. Um, Arsenal, they haven't won at Old Trafford in more than 14 years, Tom, which is kind of an interesting wrinkle to this. I sometimes think stats like that are a little gimmicky, but that's a long time, and I'm not thoroughly convinced by this Arsenal team either. I wasn't when they were winning games earlier in the year. As I said, this stretch of games for them um, against Man City, against Leicester, and now against Manchester United is a three-game stretch that's very important. And they lost the first two games of that, the City game and the Leicester game last week. Um, I I think they could lose here. I just am not convinced enough by Manchester United either. So is it a no-touch you say? No, I'm actually going to bet the draw – plus 260 because i just look at those three plays on the three-way money line and that has by far the most value if i don't love either team but i think both are going to try to get something out of the game why not try to get it at plus 260 so uh, i'm taking a rare draw play here tom
0: all right i don't hate that play but the one that i'm looking at more so in this game like you said, Arsenal hasn't won at Old Trafford in 14 years, but the problem with that is you kind of have to throw out those records for this season because, of course, there are no fans. It's a very different Old Trafford to be going into. However, still doesn't make me want to play Arsenal in this game. Still trying to figure out if United is actually all that. It certainly was an impressive week for them with the PSG win and then the Chelsea draw two games that we said it would, they would probably get killed in both of And then Ole would might possibly be getting fired. And instead, here he is sitting a little prettier. But I like the over two and a half here. DraftKings has a minus 134 right now. I think that this is going to be a little bit of a goal fest. I see both teams at least being able to – if you're going to bet the draw, you're seeing them at least be able to get to 1-1, I'd imagine. And I think that we get further than that. I could see this game going 2-2. And I, I just think you're really telling me some team isn't getting to two goals here?
1: I think that's fair logic. I would probably be backing you on that if I didn't get so just completely walloped on the nil-nil miss. Me, me putting my pride on the line <laughs> in an over three that ends nil-nil, I'm not taking that same team in an over to follow it up. I, I just can't do it. I was so mad at how badly I missed that play. So uh, your logic is sound enough, Tom, but I'm not touching that one at all on the total.
0: <laughs> that's fair. That's far, fair. We have three games to get through. One more decent one on the, on the docket, but before we get there, we have to eat our vegetables. And one of those vegetable games is Tottenham versus Brighton and Hove. Tottenham's only minus minus one sixty-two. I don't know. Do you want to lay that much juice? What, what are you thinking on this one?
1: Well, this is the thing, not a game I would recommend. Um, you know, if, if you your, your, your guy friend, your lady friend wants to go apple picking or to the pumpkin patch. Um, yeah. This might be a good time to do it. I wouldn't necessarily recommend watching it. However. Uh, I do think it's. Do you go apple picking at a pumpkin patch a lot, dude? <laughs> I think that's a that's an and or there, Tom. Uh, gotcha. I I I like this from a gambling point of view, though. Um, I you know you mentioned the money line. I think this is this is an interesting one where I could be talked into either of the plays, um, but I'm going to take Spurs either way. So you mentioned the money line. You could also do Spurs. Uh, minus half a goal minus one goal so back into the quarter bowl zone minus 0.75 you'd lay a little bit of juice at minus 120 if you got that um or maybe minus 125 depending on when you're taking this um Spurs haven't lost in 10 games in a row in all competitions like what they're doing right now I know they've had in that stretch a few draws that were really disappointing where they were like oh Spurs are back to doing Spurs things um but I kind of think what Spurs are doing on the whole by the public is being underrated right now. You know, Harry Kane and Young men's Sun are playing out of their minds. The connection that those guys have. Um, Sun is the league's top goal scorer with eight. Kane is the leads, league's top assist leader with eight. Um, which you would have thought that those would be reversed, but it's like yeah. this weird thing where Harry Kane is now one of the best playmakers we've ever seen. Um, Spurs, it, I still think at any time, and maybe I'm just, you know, going back to like the early, early season too much, they still feel like a team that at any time can beat you three by three or four goals, which is crazy to say, considering past year's Tottenham teams that we've known. Um, but I'm taking the minus half, minus one, so the minus three quarters of a goal on this one. Um, I feel decent enough that uh, I can get, you know, some of that value on the push protection on one side of the bet, and I can win it on the other um, and I think they're winning by two goals or more. Brighton, pretty underwhelming. Um, you know, they do some interesting things with their attacking players. I don't think they will in this game. I'm taking Spurs on the goals.
0: Yeah, Brighton's been more like a dumpster seagull, like a dump seagull than an ocean seagull this season. <laughs> they're, they're fighting to get out of relegation. They're just above the zone right now, but that's going to be a team that's hovering near the bottom the whole time. I, I I think I'll be following you on that play. I know I've been following you on a lot of these plays today, but – That's one of them I could definitely look at, because even under Jose Mourinho, this Spurs team does not lose this game.
1: Yeah, you might want to be careful, Tom, considering that I am getting dangerously close to having to refill some accounts uh, on following I am too, my friend. I am.
0: (laughs) Hey, that just means we're due, right? And one game we could really be due for a good one in... Leeds and Leicester, the book has them almost a dead heat here. DraftKings has them plus 165 in favor of Leicester and plus 160 for Leeds. This is a toss up here. Do you think Bielsa's squad has what it takes?
1: Well, I'm once again taking neither of those and I'm taking the draw again at plus 255 just on a pure value play. Like, I think these are very evenly matched in this contest. Um, Leicester, when fully healthy, when everyone's out there, are probably a slightly better team. But, you know, I I look at both this draw play and the Man United-Arsenal play, I'd be surprised if I don't hit one of these, which I know is a strong statement for a draw, which is the least likely move in most of these matches. Um, But if I feel that way and I get this kind of value, I'm going to take the draw again here. Vardy likely back starting in this game. You go back to the Arsenal game, a match where, to be fair, Arsenal was the better team in for like an hour. And then a pretty simple thing happened, Tom. Jamie Vardy came into the game and uh, was able to change things up. And if he's starting in this game, um, that's a little bit scary for Leicester. But honestly, what they're doing going forward, I don't think Leicester's defensive players have the pace to keep track with this Leeds counter. And I think they're going to have some fun with it as well. So um, it's risky to take a draw in a game that you think could have some goals, which could be the case here. But hey, I just think they're too evenly matched and the value is there. So give me a draw plus 255.
0: Okay. I I don't, I'm definitely not tailing you on that one. I think that I want to wait and see if Vardy's in the starting lineup. And if he is, I'm going to take Lester.
1: And and is that a no touch for you? If, uh, if no Vardy,
0: If no Vardy, I, I might be tempted by the draw to follow you on, but I, I'm more, uh, I'm more likely than not going to sit it out. If there isn't
1: fair enough. I think that's, that's sensible enough. Um, I, you know, this leads team though, I, I just, I can't fade them that much. Can't do it.
0: I, I, I got to agree with you on that. Like it, this leads team has been looking pretty good be also like, like we've already compared them to Sheffield of last season, but This Leicester team is also one that we think can compete for the top six. Their only problem is that everything runs through Vardy. When he's not playing, they don't look very good. And when he is playing, they look great. Now, do you want everything to be running through a 33-, 34-year-old striker? No, you definitely don't. But for the meantime, if he can be healthy and he can get back in that lineup, it's a team that I'm more inclined to follow than not at the
1: moment. Yeah, it's fair enough. I, I can't argue that logic. All right, now, Taylor, we have one
0: more game to go through here before the end of the Premier League slate. Fulham versus West Brom. This is a battle near the bottom, but sometimes that means that you can pull some good numbers out, right?
1: Yes. And I am loving an over here, over two and a half. You can get a little bit of plus value as well at that number at plus 110. Um, You know, I, I've been taking a lot of unders lately and I'm, I'm feeling frisky. I'm trying to get back into the over market. And hey, these are two of the worst defenses in the league. West Brom also, this is a weird stat, but I think it could come into play in a game like this. Fourth in possessions, one in the final third. So that means they're intercepting the ball. They're taking it back uh, in the attacking third, I think off of a team like Fulham yeah, maybe their defense has gotten a little bit better since the very beginning of the season, but they're still pretty bad. Um, that could really hurt. But back at the other end, I don't love West Brom's defense either. Two and a half is a very reasonable number to take a plus value over on. Um, you know, you look at both of these two, the, literally the two worst expected goals against average teams in the league. West Brom, 2.01 a game. Fulham, 1.84 a game. Those are huge numbers. If both of those come in in this one, uh the over will hit comfortably, and again, like I would expect to see this. Like you would have to pay a minus one fifty price or something to get over two and a half. Um, I love it at plus money. Give me the over two and a half.
0: All right, Taylor, that's going to wrap up our Premier League slate. But let's take a look around the rest of the world. Any games that we have some action that we're interested in in the non Premier League area? I've got one, and it's potentially depending on what time this this show gets up tomorrow. Might have missed it, but I hope that we haven't. Stuttgart is playing against Schalke in the Bundesliga. I am a Schalke fan. I love Weston McKinney, who's obviously no longer there. I love uh, Eric-Maxime Choupo-Moting, also no longer there. But I do not love that this team has been absolute terribleness. They have not been good this season. They're, abs- they're going to have a fight for the relegation zone. Meanwhile, Stuttgart... Not necessarily one of the best teams either, but they're getting plus one sixteen, and I think that's going to be one of my plays of the week because I I think that Schalke is going to lose that game, and I have faith in Stuttgart's ability to win it.
1: Funny enough, I am a Stuttgart fan, so this is the uh, the, the will Tom Derby here. Um, I I love that move. I think fading against this Schalke team has proven to be pretty wise in a gambling sense. Um, you know, keep in mind also uh, Shukar with an American manager. So for those of us yes. uh, listening and uh, engaging with this from across the States, um, maybe they'll want to tune in on a, that's the Friday game, right? You said? Yep.
0: 1230 Pacific time.
1: Yeah. So maybe that's a fun one to, to tune into. I don't know if I'll be touching that with any kind of currency, but I, I think the logic is sound to go against Chalka when possible this season.
0: Yeah, they're, they're like the New York Jets right now of, the, of, of soccer. They're terrible, and you can almost consistently bet on them to not show up.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, now any other games that you have an eye on around the world before we talk about the Champions League slate for the week?
1: So I'm going to Italy in Serie a team that I made a lot of money on last year. Atalanta took money uh, off of a lot of their wins and also their overs last season. I've started betting them less to win games. Some teams have kind of figured them out, although really fun team going forward still. And so I look at this Crotone-Atalanta game over three and a half. Now, that's a big number. I'm happy for anyone to be like, Whoa over three and a half, but that ended up being the play more often than not last season when I'd see like three, three and a half, maybe even try like a 3.75 occasionally. And I hit a lot of those overs with Atalanta. They're still scoring a ton of goals. Cortona is giving up three goals a game on average. Atalanta, they're scoring three a game. So it's a nice and easy one. You can kind of figure out where this one's going to go, I think. Um, Atalanta's defense also hasn't been great. They're giving up more than two a game. The worry, of course, is that a team like Crotone, very fun to say, uh, in last place uh, doesn't help you out any. You know, I think you might need on a three and a half, at least one goal from them. Can you, can you give me one? Atalanta will take care of the rest. Um, but as long as they get that one, and I think Atalanta's defense is bad enough to concede it, uh, I like the over three and a half here.
0: My, I had the sticker shock initially there when you set it three and a half and you're getting just about even money on it. That's a lot to lay. But at the same tone, you're right. atalanta has been a great team for overs right now because of the fact that they're able to score goals at this prolific pace, but their defense also not that great. And I, I definitely think that you can get at least one from Crotone. So yeah. I like that play. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approve that play there. Now – Shall we head into the Champions League?
1: Let's do the Champions.
0: All right. What are you looking at here? I'm going to take a guess and say that you have a play on this Real Madrid-Inter
1: game. Oh, do I ever, Tom. I am going with Inter. Now, I will say this. Uh, before I talk about the actual prices and everything, um, we don't really know what squad. I mean, we're talking about this here uh, recording on the Thursday before the following midweek, right? So there's going to be domestic games this weekend. This is one of the tricky things about when we talk about the game plays. Um, I give this caveat for any Champions League picks we're offering up. Wait it out a little bit, unless you really love the play. um, Wait it out a little bit. If you want to wait until the lineup is announced, I, I... Usually think that's a pretty good idea, too. It's not like some American sports where maybe one player is missing. Yeah, if it's Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi, if they're expected to play and suddenly they're not playing, that will change the number dramatically. But most of this stuff, it's mostly just the public moving it around. Um, So having said all of that, I am going to wait out to see what the lineups are in this game. But I'm pretty sure that it's not going to change my opinion on taking Inter money line plus 240. Uh, is the number that I saw on this. Keep in mind, Inter also underwhelming in the Champions League so far. A couple of draws, but against Mönchengladbach, 17 to six shot advantage, 57% of the ball against Shakhtar, a 12-4 shot advantage, 59% of the ball. They were handling those games well. They just conceded in ways that I think they would like to take back, um, which is fair to worry about what they're what's happening with them defensively. Um, and, you know, the argument for Real like, is... I, I just think that I, I have no
0: faith in Real Madrid in the Champions exactly. League. They've been looking so terrible that, uh, I, I, first off, I refuse to bet them on principle. And then you're getting Inter, who we believe has a chance to win that group at plus 240. I, I think that's absolutely the right move. You've got Lukaku, who's been playing incredibly well, despite the fact that he looks like he's running in jeans. <laughs> like, this Inter <laughs> team is one that can put it together, and I think that they could win the group, and this is going to be an important game for them to do so in. Plus 240, I like that number a lot.
1: The worry. So, like, I always when, – whenever I'm taking um, a, a game like this where it is two big teams regardless of form, I do think about, like, the Real Devil's Advocate argument is how desperate they will be to get something out of this game, right? Um, and mm-hmm. ideally to win it. But, like you said, Inter's also desperate to, to win it. I mean, let's be honest. Like, they also had an underwhelming start. I think a draw in this game does both teams very little. Um, I I would imagine that both teams will try to win it. And I like Inter more in that type of a game. What I've seen, as you say, from the man running in jeans and other attacking players for them, um, they're still a really fun team to watch going forward in their attack. And I think that'll be enough to just overwhelm Real Madrid with what we've seen. If Shakhtar Donetsk can overwhelm Madrid's defense, uh, I don't see any reason why Inter's can't. And just way too much value here. So, uh, yeah, ring the panic alarms despite the Clásico... Win, I think Real loses again.
0: Oh man, that is going to be huge. I, I also really advise you're still getting that plus one hundred and eighty on the on the Real Madrid on the Inter future futures number to win this group. If you think that they can win this game, I'd put a little money on that too because that number is going to drop precipitously should they get the result that we want them to here. And you're you're not going to get a number like that again. And this, this inter team, they could take them down because Real Madrid's looked absolutely terrible in the Champions League. And it's got me thinking that Zinedine Zidane and company don't think that they have the ability to win in the Champions League this year, which I think is a correct assessment. And they're focusing on La Liga and they'd rather go after another La Liga
1: title. I think that's fully spot on, um, I just like, I, I mean, Real, here's the thing. And I mean, we can look at these futures a little more carefully in a sec, but Real is not the only team I kind of feel this way about where it's like, I would be shocked if they won it, if they won this competition. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and there are a lot of big club names where I feel that way, which is crazy to say like Real Madrid, you'd be shocked. You should never be shocked that they'd win uh, a, a European competition, but I genuinely do feel that way. Like I've been so underwhelmed by them. In these games, um, this will tell us a lot about both Real Madrid and Inter, but yeah, I feel really good about Inter, and I, I totally agree with that plus 180 move um, in the group. You know, you think that Shakhtar and Gladbach will, will fall off at least a little bit, so yeah, that's a lot of value.
0: Yeah, I, ha- I, I, think that that's, I think that's where you're getting the number right now, and that's what you want as I'm trying to look for some player props here that I am simply not finding, so I do not believe that they exist just yet. But another prop that I really want to look at in this particular game, and DraftKings is usually good about offering these, is Lukaku to score a goal and Lukaku to score the first goal. You're probably not going to get a great price on him to score a goal, but I like first goal for him. Obviously, can't give that out as one of my best plays here because we don't know what that number is going to be yet. But expect later on in the week for those numbers to come out. And that's absolutely something I'm going to be taking a look at. The man has been a Champions League goal machine for them. Would have loved to. F- hey, he's looked more like he did at Everton than he certainly did at Man United.
1: Totally. Yeah, totally. I. I think that's a fair play. I mean, unless somehow like the books have that at just a terrible price, but I'd imagine yeah. that for, for, as you say, for scoring first goal, I'd imagine you will get a good number of that.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And that's, that. that's what I'm looking at there. Plus I think inter comes out early because look at how much of a slow start Real Madrid has had to some of these games so far. So I think that inter to get the first goal makes a lot of sense there. And I think Lukaku is going to be the guy to do it. And you're going to get a decent number on that, but Any other games that you have in the Champions League?
1: Just a quick one more. I know people are sick of talking about Real Madrid. One quick note on that game, and this Mm -hmm. is for the real degenerates out there, but if you want to take that Inter move, and this thought just occurred to me, Tom, um, as you talk about the slow starts, and maybe look at, like, maybe if Inter goes up two, maybe look at a Real play live uh, on the goal line to try to cut in the middle and hit both bets, you know. Just something like, to keep an like eye on. You don't have I to. I like
0: the sound of that.
1: Yeah.
0: I like the sound of that, especially because of their habit right now. They have a proclivity of waiting until the last minute and getting just enough to get a result.
1: Absolutely. Uh, another Champions League game, though, Tom, that I am looking at. Um, and I'm fully prepared to take some backlash on this, although maybe not. We'll see where your head's at. Red Bull Salzburg and Bayern Munich. I'm taking Bayern Minus 1.75 goals. So I need them, them to win by two to get half of that bet. I need them to win by three to get all of it. Um, but I feel good enough that I'll get half of that bet, meaning I'll end up, again, in the net green with them winning by two. I'm sick of not making money on Bayern Munich. Um, the reason why this isn't like a minus two and a half or a minus three goal line being offered as the main play by the books is because they were a little bit shaky against Locomotive. These away games in Russia and Eastern Europe can be tricky. Um, and I would assume the book's logic here is, Hey, Salzburg might be even better than locomotive Moscow, the fighting Russian trains as our friend, Jeff Barls calls them. Um, but the thing with Bayern is they just don't put those types of performances together back to back in a specific competition, almost ever, you know, they, they recover really well. This is a team that regularly wins goals by four or five games, wins games, excuse me, by four or five goals. Um, and I just love this Byron team. We've talked about them. They're the best team in the world still. You know, you can still get them at a plus price to win Europe, which I don't think is a terrible play, um, even though it's not a great price. They lost Thiago. I kind of thought that would be the one argument for someone else overtaking them to win the Champions League this year. But what Joshua Kimmich is doing in midfield for that Byron team right now, the playmaking, the defensive work, he has literally stepped into the Thiago role effortlessly. Um and, you know, you still have the goal scorers, Neabry, um, Lewandowski. Like, it's an insanely good team. I don't think Salzburg is that good. Um, yeah, it's a lot of goals. I don't mind anyone saying, why would you take that? You know, try to take something uh, at, at another point for Bayern. But you can only take individual game plays for Bayern Munich so often. A lot of their domestic stuff is just unplayable because of how much juice is on them. Um, so at that point you're
0: betting spreads like it's the NFL. with Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Touchdown. Um, so this is one where it's just like, yeah, it's a lot, but it's Bayern. And I want an opportunity to make some Bayern money.
0: And the other thing to always keep in mind with Bayern is this is a very German team. And what I mean by that is the German people traditionally lack much of a sense of empathy. They don't care (laughs) if they're blowing you out by five goals. They're going to put up the sixth case in point that fabled day in Brazil. This team does not care. They, if they are better than you, they're going to go out and they are just going to steamroll you. They don't let up. They don't stop scoring. They'll put in a goal in stoppage time to make it a 6-0 game. That's why I like playing this team with some of those extra spreads because I know that they're never going to lay off the gas. And when you know that, as a good team that is capable of putting up goals on just about anyone in the world, why wouldn't you take them with a number like that? I'm going to be with you on that one. Do you have any other plays for uh,
1: games, or do you want to jump into some futures? Just one more quick Champions League gameplay, and then we can do futures. Sounds good. Um, I, I think Iox is a little bit better than some of these results would show. Um, I, one of my favorite teenagers in the world is Lucina Triore. what he's doing right now. This is a team, by the way, that won a domestic game at the weekend, 13-0. in Holland. Um, Not that you should put too much stock into that because of the opponent, but um, just a a little bit in Bob there. Uh, I'm taking them at another quarter ball. I'm sorry, quarter ball haters. I'm taking them at another quarter ball goal line here at minus half, minus one um, against Michelin. I just think they're so much better than Michelin. Uh, You could also take Ajax on the money line at minus 155 just to straight up win the game and make it a little simpler. Don't hate that play either. I just like getting a minus 125 price on the uh, goal line, which you know, I'm, I'm saving a few bucks on that. I think Iox will win and win fairly comfortably anyway. Um, this has as much to do with what I think about Mitchellin as what I think about Iox, and also Iox really desperate. If they don't win this game, their chances at getting out of the group with Liverpool and Atalanta are very slim. Really, a game that they need to win, and I think they will.
0: I mean, I'm looking at the fact that you can get a minus a goal and a half for plus one seventy five. I mean, you- Ooh, okay. I don't see, they lost. Okay. They lost one nothing to Liverpool. This team can put up two goals on Michelin.
1: You know what? I actually hearing that now. Uh, I like that as well. I might. I I may even adjust to that. That's a great price at a at a play that I would probably say they're able to to take care of.
0: I'm actually writing that like right now into my notes because seeing that number really made me look and say, okay, that's got to be one of my top plays of this week because I, that just that sounds like you're getting plus value on something that's the way I like to bet. It is if there, if you tell me a number and you said, do you think that this team can do this? And I go, yeah, I think there's a good chance of that happening. And then you tell me I'm getting plus plus one seventy five for the value. Assuming that I'm correct in my intuition, which is of course not often the case, I'm still going to go with it. I I like that. I I like that play a lot. Now, shall we switch into the futures market here? Because there's been some shakeups at the top and the middle that really I think have created some value both in the champions league and the premier league.
1: Yeah. Let's talk futures.
0: All right. Bayern has dropped from plus 400 to plus 275. Like you said, you're still getting some plus money on them, but my problem is that's tying up your money for a long time for a payout. That's not that great. I mean, at that point, yes, they are very much the favorite with every reason to be, this is a number that makes perfect sense, but it's your return on investment isn't that great for something that's going to keep your money tied up for that long. I don't think.
1: Yeah, it's a fair point. I my thing is when I look at the Champions League, um, you know, from a from a futures market perspective, I'm thinking about either either you do Bayern because they're far and away the best team, or you do a kind of crazy high number at one of these smaller teams. I'm not taking any of these kind of second tier bets, right? I'm not taking a Liverpool. I'm not taking a Barcelona. I'm not taking Real Madrid. I'm not taking Juventus. Um, I know I did have PSG preseason. I wouldn't take them now. Uh, I think they're really over-reliant on Neymar, which maybe isn't a bad thing considering he's one of the best players in the world. But when he's not fully healthy, I don't really know what his answer is. Yeah, exactly. And he left the game early uh, in their last Champions League game. So I don't really know what his status is even for the next one. Um, So like, that's where my strategy is. Like, I don't even hate, if you were to tell me right now, like, hey, I want to take Byron. It's hard for me to say that that's a bad play. But like you say, not enough value for something that you have to just keep the money in the book, keep riding for such a long time. Um, so I think it's more interesting to just go down the chart and take some big flyers. What do you think? I, I have to
0: completely agree with you there. I mean, the Flyers were my plays in the at the beginning, and they haven't really cha- they, my mind hasn't really been changed. Dortmund hasn't playing hasn't been playing that well. They've actually dropped to a fifty to one chance, which makes me almost want to go back in on them because I still think that this team has has what it takes, especially in this weird year. Inter is, is at 30-1. to one. That's a team that we've already been talking about. They could win this group, and then, ha- and then depending on the draw, could be going all the way, and I could see them going up against a team like Bayern in the final where you say, okay, well, at least I've gotten to the point where I'm, a th- I'm on a 30-1 to one bet, and you could potentially hedge out there if you, end up with By- if you end up going up against Bayern in the final. Then Atletico Madrid, that's the team that I really wanted to talk about here. They've looked very, very good. I apologize for the construction that is apparently going on outside of my house right now. No idea what's going on here. But they, this Atletico team all of a sudden is really making me pause and say, hang on a second. They're putting up the goals. Luis Suarez is looking great for them. And they still have that very tight defense. This is a team I'm looking at, 30-1 here, that could go, hop up into that first-tier pedigree for me. It's not like they're strangers to winning championships.
1: Yeah, well, keep in mind, I already have a locked uh, Atletico to finish uh, in the top four. So to make the semifinals or further, um, the identity of this Atletico team is a little bit different. Like, I I don't think – I still trust them defensively, despite, like, what happened, for example, in the Salzburg game. Um, But they have a little bit more punch than some of these past Atletico teams that we've seen. Like, you mentioned Suarez, a player who I have at 66-1 to to – be the Champions League top goal scorer, which would be an interesting bet if Atletico could make a late run. Jao um, Felix has been playing out of his mind. You know, that's definitely the range where I'm looking at these futures. I don't know if I'm going to double up what I already have with Atletico, which is for them to make the semis. Um, maybe there's an argument if I think they're going to make the semis to take them at this kind of value. Um, I, I But this is the zone, right? Like this is the tier where I'm looking at teams. I like Atletico at 30 to one. I like Inter at 30 to one. Uh, I think Dortmund, despite some of the stumbles, at fifty to one is intriguing in a year that I don't think a lot of these big powers are necessarily going to be as dominant as they usually are in the knockout rounds. Um, Lazio at eighty to one—I don't think they're going to win at all, but like that—that that price just seems way out of whack. Um, so, if I don't think they're going to win at all, no reason to take it. But that that number did kind of you know stand out. Um, this Ajax team is not the same Ajax as we've seen, but 125 <laughs> to one is a huge number. I think Atletico and Inter right at 30 are probably my two uh, best plays as well. The Inter worry, of course, on this is you better hope they make it out of the group, right? Like that's, yeah. that's the concern. If they lose this Real Madrid game, suddenly they're on two points through their first three games and they're in real trouble. So that's the concern. You need them to make it out of the group. If they can do that, I don't care if it's second or first. That's often overrated if you're winning the group or not, because especially in a year like this, you're going to have other big teams following to second. You're going to have smaller teams winning. Um, that almost doesn't matter. Uh, so as long as Inter can make it out of the group, and they very well could still win the group, uh, I feel good about that. Do you think that number will change dramatically um, if they beat Real Madrid next week?
0: Yes. I think that number drops maybe 10 points or so. I could yeah. see it going to 20 to one.
1: Yeah. So both of us think Inter is going to win that game. Might as well go ahead and sprinkle something on, uh, on that, on that future right now.
0: Yeah. Why not? Especially in this competition, in these competitions, I want to build a portfolio of teams because it is going to give you some, advantage, some options to hedge off and block in a profit later on down the road, and especially this is an unpredictable year where some of these longer, odd teams could really make a difference, especially when you look at that top three, and Manchester City and Liverpool are two of the top, top favorites to win it all, and I don't see either of those teams coming anywhere close, which just means that the value that you have on the back end is so much higher, even though Bayern still looks unstoppable and could very well repeat But there is some good news in that. There's a league Bayern doesn't play in, and it's the Premier League. (laughs) And that's one that's over the map right now for their futures. Because we talk about those same Manchester City, Liverpool teams. City plus 150 Premier League at DraftKings. That's absolutely bunkers. That makes zero sense. What about this team currently in 13th? Tells you that you should only be laying one, that you should be only dropping plus 150? and then liverpool right behind them at plus 180 now missing one of their one of their if not their best player for the season and their defense in complete shambles then you just go down the list then tottenham at plus 650 all of a sudden you're like okay maybe chelsea at 16 to 1 looks really tempting manchester united 22 to 1 it's not like they haven't been there before arsenal 33 i think that you almost have to play this premier league like a game of kino and just pick pick some numbers and see what happens. Because I don't think either of those favorites should be this heavy of a favorite. I think that plenty of teams have a chance to win this league, and the numbers don't reflect that in the futures market.
1: Yeah, the numbers are off for sure. Like I it wouldn't shock me for, for City or Liverpool to finish one-two in some order, but here, considering what we've seen so far like you have to just be completely in last season mode, where you're like, oh, um, this year is a continuation of last season, which again, yeah. through the first couple months of the year, we haven't really seen any indication of that. And it's one thing to see a three or four game sample size as we get into six, seven, eight, ten 10 games, a little bit deeper. Um, it's a big enough sample size to know that this will probably be a pretty open season throughout. Um, the issue for me at least in this moment in time when i look at it like i'm still not going to trust tottenham i don't think there's enough value at tottenham even at plus 650 to do it i agree i, mean, I know the jose like year 2.0 thing like it you know everything that's happening with son and harry kane i think those dudes end up regressing at least a little bit just from the level they've been at um, you know i know we've been in agreement a lot today but i think you and i are both really looking at chelsea at 16 to 1 as, and, I, you know, I say this as a Chelsea fan, but that's an interesting price for a team that all of us, you know, the assumption with Chelsea, even for casual soccer fans, know that Chelsea was going to take some time to grow into the season with basically five, six, seven players in their starting 11 as new additions when you look at who they're trotting out there every week. Um, I like some of the things we've seen in recent games for players finally getting the chemistry going, guys like Werner, um, Kai Havertz Ziyech finally getting healthy Pulisic being healthy um, the attacking pieces are there can Chelsea be this defensively for the full season I still don't like the defensive players that are out there but Edouard Mendy even if he's an above average keeper is a massive upgrade on Kepa who was probably the worst keeper in recent prem history last year um, and Mendy might be even better than above average Tom he's been awesome so far So, like, you talk about that Man U game, the nil-nil game. Yeah, a lot of that was manager strategy. Both teams kind of playing for the draw. Mendy had four beautiful saves in that game as well, which shouldn't be overlooked. Um, So, if he's just going to bail Chelsea's defense out enough and City and Liverpool have enough problems, that is a great price to take Chelsea on.
0: Yeah, and Chelsea was my pick to win the league before this season started, so I am absolutely jumping in. Obviously, I can't play the DraftKings number because I'm not in a DraftKings available state, but I'm looking around here in Vegas, and I'm going to try and find that, if not better, as odds, and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll pull the trigger on that, no problem, because that's a team that I still genuinely believe has a good chance to win this league, and as far as value, they're the only team that I'm seeing the perfect value on right now.
1: Let me ask you this as an Everton fan. Um, looking at the three main plays that you could take them on for a future, you could get them at 33-1 to one to win it all. Of course, they haven't won it all, I think, since the 1980s. Have never won it all in the yes. Premier League era. Um, you could get them top four at plus 275. You could get them top six at a slight minus price at minus 112 draftings right now. Um, do you like any of those three moves on the prices or, or none of them?
0: I can't. I think that at the beginning of the season, you had a little bit better of numbers there, but at this point, you're just the value is all gone. And this is especially a team that has been known to break fans' hearts. And I'm more scared of that happening. I sure as heck am not laying any sort of minus number on a f- season long future for Everton to finish in the top six. There's just no. Th- there's just no value. That's my problem with it.
1: Yeah, because top six is the one I would be interested in, right? But like you say, like if if it was plus 275 for top six instead of top four. And we're talking. Yeah, I'd be a little bit more intrigued. I think top four uh, is going to be such a, like a a packed race. There's going to be like potentially seven or eight teams that are fighting for that. So if you're taking a top four bet in general, um, now I will say this, Chelsea minus 118, like I'd be shocked if Chelsea doesn't finish in the top four and that's a pretty reasonable price. So maybe you think about that. Otherwise, like, you know, <laughs> city top four minus 1250 Liverpool minus a thousand, like the books are giving so much respect to, to those. Yeah. It's a hard
0: pass. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like those might be some of the worst bets I've seen in a long time. Um, you know, I think about like teams a little bit further down the list wolves, um, have been in the top six mix in recent years. You could get them at five to one if you like what this Wolves team is doing. I think they're a little bit worse, but I don't think that's a terrible price. I think that's a better price than, than Villa, a little bit ahead of them at, at, um, at plus 700. I'd rather take Wolves uh, at a little bit less value there. Um, you can get Leicester top six at plus 150. I think that's interesting for a team that's usually in that mix in recent years, but none of those prices are great.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. But the the big plays, I think, are in if you think that a team like Chelsea has a chance to win it all. But, well, we're just going to have to see. There's plenty of season left to play, and we are running short on time here today. Let's real quick recap our three best bets and then say goodbye here.
1: Okay, so one of my best bets, we go back to England. It was the last Prem game that we talked about. Fulham and West Brom going over two and a half and maybe the game that the public uh, has the least amount of interest in watching or maybe even wagering, which on that latter point, I love. I love it when the public isn't interested in wagering on something that I love. Um, Let me get that over two and a half with the plus price, like I said. Two bad defenses, two teams that can score goals. Uh, you know, I think that's a, that's a number that's at three plus one ten maybe a few weeks ago. Now you get it at two and a half. Give me the over.
0: All right. My first is also going to be an over in England, but I like that United Arsenal over two and a half. That's going to be the one that I lock
1: in first. Sticking in England, another game that no one wants to watch, Burnley-Chelsea. I am all in on Chelsea suddenly after being excited on what happened in Russia <laughs> in the midweek and in Krasnodar. Um, I'm taking Chelsea minus one, laying a minus 120 price. I can imagine a lot of people don't want to take this. That's totally fine with me. Um, I just think Burnley is in contention for the worst team in the league this year, to be honest with you, Tom. Uh, yeah, One completely. of the two or three worst. Chelsea's Getting into gear now, and you can get minus one at close to even. I think that's the move. Give me Chelsea.
0: All right, heading over to Germany here. I like Stuttgart on the Friday game versus Schalke. You're getting plus one one twenty five on a team that is playing against one of the worst teams in recent memory, in my opinion. In Schalke, give me that money all day. Stuttgart plus one twenty five there in Germany.
1: Okay, my final my final big play of the week, Tom. Uh, after completely killing me, whether you're betting on them or betting against them. I'm once again going to bet strongly on a game involving Real Madrid. It is that Inter game. We've talked a lot about it. I'm taking Inter plus 240, putting the big star around it as one of my three bets of the week. I am all in on Inter being better than Real Madrid. I'm fully prepared to come back onto the pod next week and yell about it. Let's go Inter. Forza.
0: All right, here we go. My final one, Ajax minus a goal and a half, coming off that 13-0 domination in in their own league, coming back to the Champions League here, I'm liking the play versus Schlend. I think that they get at least two goals in that game. That's going to be my final big play. My record right now one one and three minus one units. Taylor, you're looking around
1: even, and you're two and four, two and four record, uh, even unit situation. So uh, yeah, I you know zero three to start, and then into into two and one last week. So moving in the right direction.
0: There you go. I'm moving in the wrong direction here, but hey, that just means it's time for a bounce back. All right. This has been betting the high line. I'm Thomas Viola. You can find me at TV at work. Taylor, where can people find you?
1: Find me at ATLTWIL. All right. Thank you
0: so much. Reach out. Let us know what your bets of the week are. Let us know what you think. If you like the show, like, subscribe, share, follow us on Spotify. Of course, follow our wonderful, wonderful network, Book It Sports at Book it HQ on Twitter. The app is going to be launching in just a few days here. Make sure that you download it, iPhone, Android. It's going to be out. We are all very excited. Thank you so much to them, and congratulations to our CEO, Trent, on finally breaking his 0-17 betting streak with the Dodgers win. That's going to do it for us. Have a good one, everybody.